Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. Thank you for joining us once again on this fine Saturday morning for KMA episode number 419. And as always, I am joined with my trusty cohorts, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, and none other than the Southpaw from South Philly, also known as the GOAT, Alex Tavella. I have a request. Oh, jeez. Request away. Um, can we change Paul's intro video to the dress dance? <laughs> Please? That seems like a lot. You're, listen, the production guys have a lot on their hands right mm. now. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on over for the graphic team. So, I, you know, sure, we'll do it in a couple of years. Okay. All right. Speaking, I mean, it's out there. speaking of the uh, the dress dance, I didn't get an updated outline, so I don't know when we're drawing uh, for the lovely contest we ran last week, or if you've changed the uh, as the record spins question that we talked about yesterday. So, uh, oh, we didn't we didn't do an updated outline. We were gonna. I thought we were gonna do it in the banter. We, do the well by, by we by we, we, we you, you, you didn't do. <laughs> I mean me. Yeah. Okay. We we. Yeah. Uh, no, I, we were going to do the the contest winner in the beginning, like we always do when we've done contest winners. No, you want to make them wait till the rest of the show, like we always do. Yeah, we've done contest winners before, like we always do. Yeah, with the, those Drew Estate giveaways that we've done and whatnot. Never done it in the beginning of the show, I don't think. All right, let's wait till the end of the show. The last five minutes I think, of the show. I, we'll think, the I, I think what you should do is you should highlight the top ten finalists throughout the show, maybe. And okay. We we, we uh, draw in the uh, toward the you know last half hour of the show. But that, that works great for me. This would have been a perfect discussion for our <laughs> for our meeting yesterday. Our meeting. <laughs> yes, for the meeting we had yesterday. That was a nifty dress too, by the way. Nifty dress. Nifty. I'll I'll tell you what. It was a lot cooler than wearing a shirt and tie. It was. How long did you keep it on? Okay. As long as that dance lasted, I ran back into the bathroom immediately. Then I missed my, the I missed my father in law. Ran in the crowd and started high fiving people. That's what it looked I, like. And, and then I turned around and I ran back. I promise you. I'm uh, I, I mean, my wife can attest to it. She's not here. She runs out of the house now when we. Uh, isn't it amazing? His wife can attest to it, but she just so happens to not be here <laughs> to attest to it. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some, a little uh, recon on that. Yeah. She just she just loves Saturday mornings when I'm when I'm absolutely not available. The one day I'm not working full time for the day, so she takes the kids out. Yeah. So, <laughs> did you get your second shot, Paul? I did. I got my second shot on Tuesday. How'd that go, dude? I, right after it, I was fine. 
and went to bed feeling a little tired, but nothing more. Around two o'clock in the morning, I woke up with the chills. Like I was freezing. We had somebody staying with us. So I, I was like, maybe she put the heat down, like the AC down to like 60 or something. Cause I was, my teeth were chattering. I went and checked. It was on 70. Like it always is. So I'm like, uh Oh, something's not right here. Uh, so I had to find my robe, <laughs> my, my, uh, my blue terry cloth robe, put that on to warm up, took some Tylenol. And then maybe 15 minutes later, I was soaked with sweat. So that went on back and forth for about three or four hours through the night. Yep. Uh, with a with a pretty bad headache, and then uh, woke up the next morning just feeling really really tired, almost almost kind of hungover. Somebody brought that up to me. They're like, "Yeah, it felt like I was hungover." That I can I can say that that's what it felt like the rest of the day, and then I woke up Thursday morning with nothing, like like nothing ever happened. I was, but, was one day wasn't that bad. No, I listen. I I was told by the by my doctor that usually the younger you are, the worse the reactions are. So I guess I'm kind of in the middle because I'm getting up there. But, uh, you know, I've had some friends that had it way worse. They, you know, I, I think people proactively call out of work for two days. <laughs> whether they're Yeah, not yeah. And I heard a lot of people say try and take it on a Friday or something so you can just bomb out for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, but listen, I know people, my parents had zero side effects. My mother didn't even really have a sore arm when she got it. So, you know, my brother, same thing. He had nothing. He went out drinking that night, woke up feeling fine. So I, I guess it's like an individualized type of thing. But it, it was rough for me. I Listen, my wife calls it the man flu, but it wasn't as bad as having the flu. Like, I, I didn't feel it was weird because I didn't feel like super sick. I was just literally freezing and then sweating and then freezing and then sweating. Maybe a little bit of a headache, like like my sinuses were swollen a little bit, but not not like I was deathly ill or anything like that. They're wondering whether you got the Pfizer or the Moderna. So I wanted that top shelf Pfizer, but here in Florida, it's kind of a crapshoot. You can request which one you want. Everyone I know that requested Pfizer got Pfizer. I ended up getting Moderna. So we'll, you know, we'll see it on, on uh, lawyer videos in, in uh, 20 years. If you've taken the Moderna vaccine for COVID-19, you may be entitled to money. Pfizer right now is being tested by the Israelis because of um, cases of heart uh, inflammation. Really? I mean, I would I would believe it. Nothing definitive yet, but they've had some cases of heart inflammation, and they're uh, looking into well, it. Really? Then I got the then I got the top shelf one. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? While while we're on health topics, I'm I'm interested. Abe, I want to know. I think we're on day three or four for you as an avid insomniac. I, I want to hear your review of the pillow cube three or four days. Oh, in. Yes. Yes. Cause I'm, I'm literally, I'm like ready to pull the trigger. I, 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 I love it. It's, it's, it's for me, it's perfect. Like, you know, we talked about like, I don't have an insomnia problem. Like if I lie down and go to bed, I'm literally out like in five minutes. So I don't have a problem going to sleep. I just don't go to sleep. I sleep about five hours a night, but you know, it's those first five, 10 minutes, I'm struggling with the pillow. I got the two pillows. I'm right. readjusting. Right. Yeah, because my neck just never feels like it's in the right way. Um, this thing, you lie down, it's perfect. In fact, now, like, if I'm, I'm in the living room on the sofa. Like, I, I, I go to bed. <laughs> you want to go get it? I do. I do go get it sometimes. Um, but, no, I, I like it. I got the six-inch one. Might be a little bit too big for a guy with smaller shoulders, but I think it comes in a four-inch. But So I should uh, get the four. 
I would, yeah, I would definitely. Well, the regular one is like this big. Yeah, but they make a but they make a, a longer one. They make a double or triple wide, whatever yeah. it is. Oh, they, they do now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just that square. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I saw it when that came out, I was like, that's not gonna work for me. But they're like, you'll never roll over again. Okay. You know, mine's like about that. Yeah, wide, that yeah, wide. nice. Yeah, it's a good rectangle. I, I like okay. it. I mean, if if you're not if, I'm, if you're a, if you're a side sleeper, this is the pillow for you. It really, really is. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference um, if you sleep on your back or your stomach. Right. But if you're a side sleeper, oh, I'm a side sleeper. It just seems to be the perfect. Right. It's got that just so your neck stays straight. Yeah. You don't get that or, or the too yeah. much or right. Really. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're like a high, the double wide one are like 120 bucks. I mean, we've all spent 120 bucks on worse crap. So. All right. Yeah, I've spent a hundred bucks on a pillow before that I threw out. Yeah. So, I actually believe it or not, I have one of the my pillows now. I have two pillows that I sleep with. One of them's I a my pillow. It it's, it's it's again nothing great. Yeah, I need great. I need something a little stiffer, man. Yeah, and and memory foam is too too stiff. I think I've had that before too. Like when Sharper Image had those those curvy memory foam ones. That's why I spent eighty bucks or oh yeah, bucks the, I had those too. Yeah, and they're just too firm. We got a Tempur Pedic one. That- when we got our mattresses and yeah, like I said, I fold it like in half to try to get to the right angle because putting two of them is too much. One's not enough. Right. One's not enough. Fold yeah. in half, but then it slides. It starts to slide up the headboard. Yeah, it's a nightmare. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the pillow cube. So really, okay, yeah. it's not soft. It's not like the softest, but it's just right. You know, it's comfortable and your head sits right. So you know, I, I don't find I don't find myself in the middle of the night trying to readjust the pillow waking up. You know, messing around with it. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. If you're like, I just want to clarify, like, if you're an insomniac and have trouble sleeping, I don't know if this is going to have any effect on solving your problem. But, you know, if, if you're a side sleeper and you have a hard time getting comfortable, this is a, this is a winner. Well, that's half my problem is getting, get finding that, that spot and then just like not moving and staying in that spot because, you know, it's a 20 minute fight with the pillow. It took me forever to get it, man. They they actually gave me like a ten. You forgot. Five. You said when I brought it in, you were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, they they gave me like because like after a while, like a month, I was like, "Dude, where the hell is this pillow?" And then they ended up emailing me like a ten or fifteen percent credit on it. They said there was a shortage on the foam or whatever. You know, it it was funny. Yeah. It, it was funny because clearly Abe has never bought a mattress in a box. So the box come in and he's like, "How the fuck is that big pillow in here?" There's no way. Yeah, it was like that thin. <laughs> it was that thin, and it was only that wide. It was like a cube. <laughs> Oh, and it, and it goes. Yeah, yeah they literally pressed it, vacuum sealed, and it was like an inflatable raft on like an airplane or a ship. You know, like once you took it out of the vacuum seal, blew up. But definitely a winner. It is. I see. I I'm a I'm a pillow, uh, kind of kind of fanatic, right? So I've stayed in hotels with pillows that I thought were amazing. And I like literally like look at the label and take pictures of it and try to find the consumer version of those pillows. I did that once. I'm a big fan of the indulgence pillow. You can find it at Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, There's something about the fill in there. I don't know what it is. It's what I have for all our guest pillows here. And I have one on my bed with the MyPillow one, but they don't last long. After about a year, they're not the same. So I don't know how hotels do. What do they replace their pillows every year? No. Think Definitely. about how disgusting that is. Definitely not. They wash the pillowcase. What do you want? Right. 
I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you've lied your head down in more disgusting places. <laughs> what kind of animal do you think I am? Dude. I'm a classy individual. When we were kids, we'd lie down anywhere in a park. We just lie down. Just, my my son does it now. Yeah, he'll, he'll lay down. Grass. He'll lay down in dirt. Patch of grass, slide. You know the, the public playground. We didn't care. Yeah, he uh, wants to sit in the bathroom sometimes. I'm like, no, you can't sit on the floor in the bathroom. I'm tired, Daddy. That's nice. Stand up. What are you doing on the floor in your bathroom that you're worried about him sitting on the floor in your bathroom? No, like if we go to a public restroom. Oh, yeah, no. I don't. You know, I, don't I don't even like him touching the the handles. Right. Never. I don't. He doesn't touch anything. I tell him everything is fire. Everything's hot. It's bad. It's dirty. Germs. My son goes. Why do you always flush the toilet with your foot? <laughs> Right. The old kick, absolutely. Oh, Axel, <laughs> Axel is at the point now where he goes, I flush it. I'm like, no, it flushes by itself. He goes, oh, it flushes by itself. Even like the manual ones. We were at the South Florida Fairgrounds last night. And he's like, it, it no flush by itself, Daddy. I was like, yeah, these flush by itself. Leave it alone. And we just walked out. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know if you saw that comment. Take the calcium, magnesium, zinc supplement after dinner. It'll help you sleep. I take one in the morning. I don't know. But oh. maybe you should try it after dinner. Worth a try. Craig, Craig with the hint. Why? Well, I, right. I don't take any supplements now. I used to. I do. I, I know you do. You, dude, you, you look like you lost some weight. By the way, I meant to say I, that I last did. week. I did. I definitely did. I'm, uh, you know, COVID helped, and we're we're keeping the momentum going. You're still well, doing right. that 75 day challenge. Thing? Yep, yep. Still on the, still, still 75 hard and away. Um, been hitting the racquetball courts with Abe. You got a whole week to practice while. Practice. Work on that backhand. Yeah. We were we were we were talking yesterday. It was funny. Alex comes in my office, and he starts like swinging the racket, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, oh, it's kind of more like this. No, it's fuck, it's, fuck, damn it! Come on, Alex, come on! Stupid, so stupid. I can't get points up like that. Come on! Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the way <laughs> I can imagine because the two of you are pretty competitive. So, but yeah. you know what? People don't realize that Abe is actually very athletic. Like he's, it's it's he's not just sport. that. It's not just that. And I hate giving him credit ever, but I have to. It's Abe's intelligence level on the racquetball court. Like he doesn't have to move much. You know, he knows where the ball's going when I hit it. Like I he's good at eyeing where it's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. he knows where it's gonna land. I, on the other hand, I'm fucking chasing the ball all around the court, <laughs> and it's even like on a serve. It's like. All right, it's coming. Shit, do I hit it now? Do I wait for it to go off the back wall? You got a second and a half to figure out, Alex. Make a decision. Shit, wrong decision. Fuck. Can't get those points up. Yeah. I, I really try not to laugh out loud, but it's sometimes pretty entertaining. <laughs> I, I've never played racquetball. He gets very frustrated. Luckily, I, I don't want to buy another racket because I would have cl- smashed that thing by now. I mean, so many times I just wanted to crush it against the wall, the damn racket. And I'm like, I don't want to pay for another racket. So Are they expensive? Ah, 50, 60 bucks if you get for a half decent one, you know, we'll just okay. go blowing through rackets. The nice part is it really gets our heart rate up. Both of our heart rate are about over 160 while we're playing. So. You do it inside, right? It's indoors, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never done it before. My I, Back in the like late 90s, it was huge. Like all the all the businessmen would play racquetball on 80s. their lunch breaks and stuff. 80s. Or 80s. I remember my uncle, when he was on, uh, when he was working in Manhattan, every he played racquetball every single day. And, and he loved it. He was so into it. 
My dad, my dad got a membership and started playing. I think I was about eight years old when I started playing like with him or going to him and started playing with him. And then we just, we played through all my adult life, all my adulthood, you know? And then when I moved to Florida, I played regularly with a couple guys. The problem with Florida here is you have to kind of, you know, a lot of gyms don't have an indoor one. So it's not as prolific here. And I never played outdoor, you know? So just a, just a note of caution. If you're like a young kind of person and you want to get into racquetball and you go to racquetball courts if you see an old man or a fat guy on the court don't even bother because they are the uber professionals at the damn sport you, there is nobody better at racquetball than like a 70 year old man trust me <laughs> it's a fact yeah my dad i mean my dad was playing in the 70s i mean it it uh, you know because it, it's one of those things once you get ball placement down you learn not you you know you don't have to kill yourself i got alex running around the court and i'm running don't get me wrong but i'm doing a lot less running than he is right you know it's funny too because abe he 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 tries to get out of my way based on where he thinks i should be going but i'm not going there i'm going <laughs> he's like abe's like i'm gonna move to the back because he should be running to the side no i'm i'm firing straight to the back straight because that's just that's where the ball's headed at the moment not where the ball's going yeah that's that's probably where what how i would be i think um and the the our new place where we're gonna move i think there's actually an indoor racquetball court oh i gotta get you on the court then yeah and indoor is a lot different than i outdoor. think there, i problem. think there I is i think they, I, i'm pretty sure that's what that that room was it's like a glass sealed room and it's like you know four walls on side. it could be squash but it's i mean you could i mean it doesn't have the the that bent squash has a weird like divot on the wall you know okay i'll have to i'll have to look into it but there's definitely i, I don't know they don't do they do I, they have like handball courts at at my place a right handball now. court is racquetball a handball court's racquetball oh it is okay then yeah we, then i guess we have them here too I've never played that. For me, that looks like a weird sport. Oh, see, we played that as kids. I mean, I'm sure Alex did too. We're about the same no, age. No, like, actually, in in Philly, we played a game called chink, which was handball, but it was one bounce to the wall. Oh, okay. Well, had so to, that's a little bit you, different. You had to bounce it on the floor, and it was a little different because then you 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 were able to give the ball a little cut. So you, if you were good, you could bounce, and then it would just die when it hit the wall. Right, that, right. So essentially, the same game. That sounds like a variation of pinners. I don't know what pinners is, but you know what you're pinners. Oh, what is it? Ball. What is it? Midwest thing. Somebody tells me they know what pinners. Are. I don't know, but chink is literally just handball, but you're playing one bounce to the wall instead of straight to the wall. I'm looking. Yeah, at well, I don't know. You know, it's what the game was called. I'm looking to see Does, in the comments if anybody knows what pinners is. Nobody. Well, we're a little bit delayed, but Casey, uh, I definitely don't possess the dexterity. Well. Dexterity, yes. The athletic ability, no. Like I, I'm not. I'm pretty quick on my feet. I'm I'm a little chunky right now, but you know, I, I was a I was a runner for most of my life. Yes, Dan, you, know? you can hit the ball off the ceilings in racquetball. That's the best part. You get to see yes. the back wall. It keeps the, the game going. Right. And nobody right. nobody knows pinners. Nobody knows. I, I bet you it's the same thing. You guys called it something else, but it's like, maybe maybe it's like when you play baseball. And one guy's up against the wall, and one guy's back, and you gotta bounce the ball off the ground onto the wall. And then there was like a single, a double, a triple. If he didn't catch it and it hit the floor, no one winners. But Coop says it's a Chicago thing. Must be a Chicago thing, man. I, no one ever like just you gotta bounce it off the floor, and then it bounces off the wall, and it goes up, and 
the guy plays the outfield. He's got to catch it three outs, and then he gets to go to bat. No, no. Our our ba- our baseball variation in Philly was half ball. What's half ball? Uh, so half ball is you take a ball. Back in the day, it would be a pimple ball. I don't even know if they make them anymore, and you cut it in half. And oh, so it's literally half a ball. Literally half a ball. So it's played in a in a city street. So. You find yourself a tall building, and the bat would be like a broom handle. It's not a real, you know, broom handle or some kind of stick. And basically, the outfield, the guys playing the field would be up against the the tall building, and you'd be on the other side of the street. And they would pitch the ball to you, kind of in a like it comes. You want to pitch it so it comes in straight, and then that person would hit the ball to the wall and now the wall would be broken up like the first floor of the wall would be a single second floor would be a double triple over there would be a home run and if you hit it on the wall off the wall and the other team catches it you're out if the other team doesn't catch it you have a base hit based but on with an you... actual half ball yeah with i've a half never a ball. heard of that half ball i feel like coop would be um a half ball kind of guy was the half That's... ball because so it would have a weird bounce or so yeah, so it didn't come. Fl- I mean, if you hit a tennis ball off a off a again, you're you're talking about a small city street. So we're right. on one side of the street, they're on the other. The half ball would just give it enough bounce to wow. um, to come off. Yeah, and it's a one strike. Oh, it's dangerous. Yeah, cars coming by, stop. You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta pay attention. We yeah, we always had baseball fields, so we just played baseball or wiffle ball or whatever. When, well, we when did we too, but you know, you could play half ball with uh, four guys, six guys. What you know, right. you have yeah, you know, baseball. You need a whole. And I wasn't always a, you know, I wasn't a big fan of baseball too, because I, I was left-handed. So I, I had to. There was no like, all right, leave your glove. But how many gloves we got? We got six gloves and twelve guys. All right, we just play. And, <laughs> you know, I was left-handed. I had to, you know, when everybody else was right-handed, I had to. Speaking of which, order the glove while I'm gone. I'll yes, I'll order the glove. I keep forgetting racquetball glove. I didn't know you needed gloves. See, now oh, yeah. thing. I got to buy a racket yeah, glove. <sighs> Well, let's see if you play more than once, first of all. And same thing. Yeah, Again, I, I can't just go to Dick's and buy and buy a glove because they don't have any left-handed gloves. It's all right. Oh, really? No, <laughs> zero. Well, become ambidextrous, man. Join the rest of the world. Yeah, well, that's what they used to do back in the day. You know, my grandfather's a lefty, but they forced him to do everything right-handed. He can write right yep, hand. so was mine. So was yeah. mine. Every time he used his left hand to write, the nuns would yeah. smack him. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah, especially in Italian culture, left yeah. it was very like a you know. In a in a Catholic school, left the left left-handed people, it was considered like a sin to use your well, left hand. Right. Like well, the Itali- the Italian word for left-handed or for left is sinistry, which kind of comes from. Yeah. No, Catholic. The devil work in your left hand. Yeah, Catholic school. If you were left-handed, you were you were damn sure going to learn to write right-handed. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. he grew up. You should. My grandfather wrote with his right hand, but you should have seen the way he would write with his right hand. I mean, it was like all scribbly and shaky and bent. But he just never was allowed to write with his left hand, so he had to go righty. He was forced into it. He had the worst handwriting you'd ever see in your life. How cruel! All right. Yeah, there's some. That's it's, really, it's a right-handed world, man. That's pretty. Yeah. Cool. It's a right-handed world. It is, no, listen, it is nowadays. It's not so bad, but like. Uh, you know, old school, old school um, can openers. They're made for right-handed people, man. They're not made for lefties. It's there's I a few. Never thought of that. Yeah. Well, let's, you know, we scissors with the yeah, yeah with the with the one bigger side. Yeah. 
Let's get our guest for our meet your maker on. Let's see. Is if this he, a? Let's see if he's oh, right. Yeah, he is a meet your maker. Yeah, let's yeah, see if he's right or left-handed. All right, let's bring him on. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. So you've seen this guy all over reality TV. Uh, maybe more importantly, you saw him first on America's Got Talent with his nephew Sal, and now he comes to us live from I think his uh, from his home on Long Island. He has left the state of Florida. There, there he is, big time Tommy. Tommy, you there? What's up, guys? There he is. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Tommy, before we get into it. Because this is pertinent to you, because you spend a lot of time down here in Delray. I, I gotta respond to Matthew Tobacco because he wants me to talk about the dinner that we had with John Carney that night. I have a new favorite restaurant in Delray. It's like my number one restaurant. I don't know if you've been there, Tommy. You might have been. Actually, I think you do go there because Vinny stopped by La Sorel. La Sorel, I love that place. It's my favorite restaurant in Delray Beach. Me too. It's because I'm taking the kids there this afternoon. We had such a good time, and not only is the food fantastic. But Marco and his wife, it was like dinner and a show. We had such a Absolutely. good time. It literally Unfortunately, was. Unfortunately, in Delray Beach, everybody always knows the other restaurant that starts with a T. That yeah, because it's on the main avenue. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yes, and everybody talks about, oh, when you go to Delray, you got to go there. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a little hidden secret right around the corner, and it's called La Sorelle. Three Sisters. And uh, you know, one or two of them are there at the time. The, the other, the other one's over in Boca Raton. The other La Sorel. And when I tell you, it's the, the food is absolutely, absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. And the I, we fell in love with Marco and his wife. I mean, he was just yes. from the moment we walked in till we left. This guy was nonstop amazing. And they were the having stories, everything, and the stories, and the jokes, and the talking, and the pranks. I mean. It was a great time. I'm, and we're the going limoncello there. that they keep on pouring. The best limoncello I ever had. The best <laughs> limoncello I ever had. And he Did was they make it there? It, he was pouring it like Prohibition just broke. I love it. Like nonstop. One more. One more. Okay, I got to do one more too. They just kept pouring it. And it was delicious. Wow, this sounds like my kind of place. I can't believe you haven't told me about I'm it. I'm hearing very bad static right now, guys. Tommy, if you uh, if you log out and log back in, I think that'll help. That's going to be your end, yeah. Log out and log back in. Yeah, just just close the browser and clean, bring it back in. We'll come back to you. But now I can hear you perfect. What happened? Don't All right, then, don't then, touch then leave it alone. Don't touch anything. Don't touch a thing. This just is leave just it alone. a trick to get me off the air. <laughs> well, can you give him a little uh, volume on your uh, end? I cannot. Okay. L let me see if I give me... All no, right. I'm all the way up. You're, You're good. good. You're good. We can hear you. So, as long as you can hear us, absolutely. Now, you 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 were just down here in Delray, and you just drove all the way back home. I just got home the day before yesterday. Driving by yourself from Florida to New York is just. Uh, I'll never do it it's, again. I need somebody. It's torture. It's so boring. It's, yeah. It never ends. Yeah, I've done that drive. It's it tough. Took me three days. Three days. I left on Monday and got home late Wednesday night. Did you leave Monday night or Monday during the day? Monday during the day. I tried to make it 
at Monday at like 12 o'clock, but it ended up to be by the time I got to say goodbye to this one and that one and packing my van and going to see Vince and smoke in that never showed up so I could say goodbye to him because he had stuff to do. And then I ended up staying and smoking a cigar with the guys. And I ended up getting on the road at 4.30 in the afternoon. And I didn't even make it out of Florida before I had to pull over and, and my eyes were just going nuts. It, it takes forever just to get eight hours. To yeah, get Florida, Florida. Florida it's six and a half, seven hours to get yeah. out of Florida. But again, again I'll, I'll always say it. Five miles an hour. That uh, that drive is totally dependent upon what DC traffic you hit. You can tack another four hours onto that drive, depending on what you hit in DC. Thousand oh, percent. We we leave in, in, in Washington. Yes. Always. Yeah, we we so leave bad. based on when we're going to hit DC and when yeah. we're going to hit Manhattan, the city. Do you know uh, that? You know, New York. Yes, this time, it made me do a right, go through a neighborhood and back of a store, back on the highway, and then twenty six miles in the opposite direction, <laughs> and I was like, hold it. I pulled over on the side of the road and reprogrammed thinking that I pushed a button and they were sending me to somewhere else, but no. And I went through a tunnel for the first time going home this time. I've never gone through a tunnel. So, In Maryland? Uh, yeah, the Maryland got to be. Chesapeake uh, Tunnel or Chesapeake Bay? Yeah, yeah. I've no. done this trip about eight times and I've never gone through a tunnel before. Well, that's that's what Waze will do for you. No, no, that's wow. been there a long time. Now, were you, down, the tunnel before. were you down here in South Florida just visiting or doing cigar work? or? Well, I was down for nine weeks. I originally came down because we had the cigar release for, uh, are we talking about that yet? Can I talk we'll about, talk about anything yeah. you want to talk about? For, there we go. The Big Time Tommy cigar got released on March 19th at Smoke Inn. For the first time anywhere, over at Vince's Smoke Inn over in Delray Beach. And wow, we had 230 people that packed that place. It was insane. And he gave me a little bit of pressure because he ordered 42 boxes. And I said, Vince, I don't want to let you down. I said, 42 boxes is a lot of money and, and, and a lot of boxes. Oh my God, what if? Uh, and he says, You'll do good, you'll do fine. I talked to people over at the beach. I talked to people at the pizzerias. I talked to people all over the place. And I was inviting them and inviting them. All of those people, those nice people that were not only visiting, but that lived in Del Rey, all showed up. And they made it their point to walk up to me and say, remember, I met you in front of Sazio Express. Remember, I met you over uh, uh, on Del Rey Beach in front of the gazebo. I came. I bought a box. I ended up selling 27 boxes that night, guys. Wow. That's such a Vinny move, though, 42 boxes. What's with the two? The two, right? Well, okay, right? I mean, I ordered 40, to... I ordered 50, I ordered 60. <laughs> I ordered well, order 42. According to what he told me, he ordered 40, and they said if he ordered two more boxes, he'd have free delivery. That's how he ended up with 42. <laughs> I love it. But I'll tell you, listen, I stopped by that night, and it was, man. The place was packed to the gills. You Thank know, you for that. Yeah. Front parking lot, side parking lot, inside the place, back patio, cars lined up all the way. I was like, yeah. and at the three-way quarter, three quarters through the night, Vince walks over to me. Vinny walks up to me and goes, I'm mad at you. And I said, why? He goes, 
Out of all the nine years I've had this place, I've never had a busted table myself. This is the first night I'm actually working. That, <laughs> that's the truest statement Vinny ever said. He said I, can, yeah, I, I would believe I would believe that he said that. <laughs> he said, I've never seen it this crowded in my life. He goes, the most we've ever had here during like when there was a band or whatever was like 80 people. He that's said, this great. is just it, insane. So thank you to the, everybody that showed up. And just to put it in perspective, they'll raise one of the smaller uh, smoking oh, yeah. locations. So when you say there's 230 plus people there, man, that's like really like Hacking a lot out. of sardines. In the yeah. yeah. And I mean, even Vinny's parking lot fit about eight cars, I think, tops. So, I mean, it was, you know, that double parking, tight. triple parking. It was it was insane. A lot of foot wow. traffic. So tell me, you know. A cigar, a cigar has literally now become like a prop for you. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen you lit or not lit without a cigar in your hand. Tell me, how did the influence of cigars happen to you and what point in your life? This is a great story. We talked about this last night, Tommy. <laughs> talk, talk about the first time you had a cigar. It was 1997, and I was uh, at this place over on the North Shore of Long Island. I'm not going to say the name of the place, but uh, I was hanging out. There was a whole bunch of wise guys there. And, you know, at the time I was 100, 125 pounds lighter. So I would basically be called the muscle. And all these wise guys were there with their cigars. And I was like, it just looks so cool. Look at these guys with their cigars and just the way to smoke and reminds me of the movies. I says, you know what? I'm going to try a cigar. So at the time, you were able to smoke inside places. And there was girls walking around with the leather straps that go around their, their neck. And they were holding like a box in their hand. Yeah. And there would be like three or four rows of different cigars. So I got up and I was like, hey, give me your best cigar. Not knowing anything about light cigars, dark cigars, medium cigars. And she hits me. This, it looked like a Tootsie Roll. It was so dark. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she goes, let me cut it for you. Want me to light it? I'm like, no, I'm good. Because I really didn't even know how to. Now I'm looking at everybody. So I light the cigar. By the third, how do you say it? Pull, drag, uh, 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 inhale. Yeah. All of a sudden, my head started doing this. <laughs> My lips started feeling like tingling. I said, oh, my God, I think I'm going to freaking throw up. And here's Big Tough Tommy runs to the bathroom. And, yeah. And I was like, wow, it's not as glamorous as it really looks. I really throw up. And then I got explained to by somebody that you probably smoked the Maduro. Which one did you smoke? And I, I showed him, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's the strongest cigar there. That even knocks out the people that really smoke. So after that, it kind of turned my, you know, I really didn't want to smoke after that anymore. So I just always had a cigar in my hand, you know. Hey, oh, yeah. So by the time I moved down to Florida, there was a little mom and pop shop over uh, on Sample Road. The guy's name was Manny. Really, really sweet guy. His wife used to cook on Sundays. And it was a little neighborhood place right on Sample Road in Coral Springs. And uh, me and my friends used to go there. And was that Espressos and more? You know what? I'm not 100% sure, Abe. Uh, okay. I will tell you, it was right around 
Coral Hills Drive and Sample Road. I, I knew of a man who had a shop down south. I think it was called Espresso's and more. I'm not sure. Well, well there was an espresso machine there. And <laughs> he, he was a Cuban guy. Very, very nice, sweet guy. His wife would cook on Sundays. The guys would come down and uh, there'd be a, a nice table of Cuban food and all different Ooh. kinds of treats for everybody to eat. So that was like a neighborhood place where he taught me uh, a lighter cigar is going to be, you know, your start and this, that, and the other thing. And from there, I ended up morphing into what I am today. <laughs> now, one of the first, it's really funny because Tommy and I went to dinner uh, with some friends um, a couple weeks ago and really had a chance to sit and talk for a while. And it's amazing because Tommy's been around my universe, like literally for as far back as I can remember and just didn't know it. Tommy's been to some of the earliest great smokes ever. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, my first like mental recollection of you is when I saw you come on stage on America's Got Talent. Cause I, I remember my wife and I used to watch that show all the time with my cousin Sal. Yes. Yeah. When, when, when your cousin Sal went up on stage and he sang and everybody went, and then they bought you out from the sides and you walked on stage. golden buzzer too. Yep, and you walked on stage yep. with a cigar in your hand. The first thing I said to my wife was, I can't believe they let him on stage with a cigar. It's the first thing that came out of my mouth. I can't, I love this guy. I can't <laughs> believe they let this guy on the stage with a cigar in his hand. That was and the big debate, Abe. Uh, what happened was... You shared the story with me and tell you know tell our fans. It's a great story. Yes, so with, with taping with anything, even with movies or reality shows or, or, or these singing competitions, it's a lot of sit around and wait. And they could tell you uh, five minutes and it could be 50 minutes. So I always found the closest exit to wherever we were taping exit door. So I could just go out there and pull out a chair and really, really smoke a cigar. And I ended up becoming, you know, after Sal got that golden buzzer in March where they didn't end up, playing that until uh uh what was it may and it made him go straight to the finals uh to you know the finals and we were in california from july until september me being outside smoking cigars out of them exit doors i ended up becoming best friends with them security guards where all it was out there was security and they're like Tommy, we just got a call on the radio. They're looking for you right now. So I'd actually have to run in and I'd I'd ash up against the building. I'd ash up against the building like this, like this. And as I'm going and running to wherever I got to go, it's a, 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 a line of smell of my cigar wherever I was. And in the beginning, they were like, oh, he's got a cigar in his hand. And all of a sudden, they asked... Um, What's his name? Uh, Simon Cowell. And Simon Cowell said, listen, that's him. That's him all the time. Let him just have the cigar. That's that's as if somebody's putting on a shirt or a pair of glasses. That's with him. Let it go with him. And they allowed me to have that cigar. And I heard that it was the first time on primetime TV uh, in about 15 years or so that they let anybody have a smoking anything in their hand. And uh, I was the one to do it. 
you know, especially in something that wasn't scripted or, you know, pre-filmed. I mean, this is a live show, you know. A and, live show. And, yeah. and I wasn't even one of the contestants on stage. It was my cousin Sal singing his heart out to, to America. And uh, it was me with the cigar on the side of the stage, which it ended up, and it's very funny because uh, I used to bring an extra cigar every day, whether we were taping or not, or Sal was just doing, you know, rehearsals and stuff. I would always bring a cigar for Nick Cannon. And at, at the time, I was smoking the 7x70 Asylums with the black label around it. And yep. I, not that I forgot, I didn't know any better, but I left the label on the cigars. So when you had the cigar in your hand, anybody that knew cigars or anybody that knew the Asylum brand knew that I was holding an Asylum 13. And when I ran out of the 7x70s, I had the the six by eighties in my hand and those things were even more huge. So Nick Cannon, the very first show that Sal was on, Nick Cannon had a cigar in his hand. And when that golden buzzer got hit and I ran onto the stage, I had my cigar securely in hand. Even when I threw my arms around Sal, all you saw was us going in a circle and, and the cigar going in a 360 on stage and they allowed it. And they allowed it. Hey, Tommy's Tommy's like Tommy's like a, a Kevin Bacon, right? Because everybody has six degrees of separation, especially if you're in in South Florida or or New York. I I must have met Tommy in the past because I dated Sal's other cousin Stephanie for years, and we had Sal come on the long come to the Long Island Ducks. He sent me a tape way before AGT to come and sing the national anthem. And he was so good. We had him sing "God Bless America" as well in uh, in the seventh inning. So I'm assuming you were you must have been there because they they had a ton of family there when he came and sang at the Long Island Ducks. I actually wasn't at the Ducks game that day. I would have remembered that because, believe it or not, and I, I feel bad as a Long Islander because I am so New York. I am so Long Island. I have never been to Duck Stadium. Oh, you gotta I've get over there, man. It. Close to you. I've never actually been at Duck Stadium. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty close, but it's just so funny. Like I, I, a lot of people are like that. Yeah, I know Tommy. I know th people that I know. I'm like, wait, how do you know Tommy? I don't understand. And you see him everywhere. Yeah, when I'm now like I see him, like, I get around. Yeah. <laughs> you see him at the Italian, every Italian festival I go to, Tommy's sitting in a chair in somebody's booth. I'm like, what's going on here? What are you, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, these are my buddies. <laughs> well, here's a good thing about the Italian feast. Uh, Jerry Soma, which Abe, you know very well. Yep. I've been with Jerry uh, now for the last five years uh, at his feast with my own actual booth uh, with merchandise of mine. And being that I'm a big cigar smoker, he would have couches brought there for me. And it would be like my own little uh, smoke lounge where people would come and just sit down and smoke cigars with me while I was uh, selling merchandise and taking pictures and signing autographs and stuff like that. But for this year. Well, all the feasts were canceled for last year for the pandemic. The beginning of this year, he wasn't able to get permits due to the uh, occupancy of how many people would be. But they approved him for November. In right. Abacoa, in Jupiter, there's going to be the Feast of Little Italy. Uh, this is going to be the first year that he's uh, doing free admission into the actual show to give back to all the people that have Miss oh nice you know, for the last two years so it's usually eight dollars so uh it's free admission to all 
He usually brings in about 12,000 people from the Friday to that Sunday close. And this year, I'm getting a 15 by 20 double tent cigar lounge, big time Tommy's smoke in cigar lounge. And Vince is coming there from smoke in. And they're literally couches, TV. It's going to be just really, really cool. Obviously, I want you guys to come. Abe, please come smoke cigars with us, hang out, uh, and just have a good time eating good Italian food and hanging out with friends. I've told the story many times about um, coming to Florida for a visit um, to make kind of a life decision at the time and ended up not moving back home. And Jerry Soma, I mean, talk about all our degrees of separation. He's, he's the guy I came to visit. He, 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 he's the guy that got me down here in Florida, got me involved in smoke in. And, and uh, I mean, it's just like the connections that going as far back as 25 years has been crazy. That's awesome. Listen, and I'll grab a bag of Zeppelin and I'll sit in that lounge. Cause that's, Absolutely. it's the only place in South Florida you can get, get real Zeppelin. Is, is that you that fair? Yes, there is. There, uh, you know, people say there's not too much Italian stuff going on in, in, in Florida. But you know what? These feasts, they come from out of the woodwork. And, yeah. And, and they also come from out of, out of the state. And they'll they'll bring their trailers 1,200 miles. And, and they'll set up for that whole weekend. And it's unbelievable the food that they have there. It really is. And the entertainment also. So... Tommy, let's talk a little bit about the cigar before we go to our mid-show break. Um, so you're smoking a silent cigar. Cigar has been part of your stick. And, you know, you've had many shows, which we'll get into after the hour, too, many things that you've been involved with, you know, throughout your career. How did the big-time Tommy cigar happen? Crazy story. Crazy story. I, uh... Ever since Carfellas from 2012. And, uh, well, tell us a little bit about Carfellas. What was Carfellas? Carfellas was a reality TV show on Discovery Channel. It was Mike DeLucia, Mario Vizone, and myself. It was us in the middle of Amityville, Long Island, selling used cars from $3,000 to $8,000. And there was pretty much just as much hanging out, smoking cigars, and barbecuing outside if not more than actually selling cars. And it became a destination to hang out for people. And it ended up being on Discovery Channel. And with that, again, always had a cigar with me. And Mike said to me, what's with the cigar all the time? I says, Mike, this is my platform. We're going to be on Discovery Channel. And somehow, some way, if I have a cigar in my hand or in most scenes or if I'm smoking, maybe... I'll get my own cigar. And he said, God bless you. And uh, it stemmed from there from 2012. And then it went up. And then once it ended up to be on America's Got Talent, Tom Mazuka started getting phone calls. Uh, hey, there's a big fat Italian guy with a lot of jewelry on stage on <laughs> America's Got Talent with an Asylum 13 in his hand. And no way, no way. And... Uh, he said that he looked for me, but a lot of people mistake where it said Cousin Tommy and it said Sal worked for a pizzeria. They thought I was the cousin that owned the pizzeria 
And it wasn't. I was just Cousin Tommy, and the pizzeria was completely not me. So they were calling all pizzerias in Nassau County looking for me. Wow. I guess nobody thought of looking on, on, on Facebook or Instagram, but they could have, and they would have found me like that. But pizzerias were getting phone calls, and I would end up getting phone calls from pizzerias going, there's so many people calling here looking for you. And I'm like, okay, well, tell them I'm not there. But none of them said it was a cigar company. <laughs> Otherwise, my ass would have been like, 411, can I have a Christian Arroyo's telephone number? So uh, next thing you know, Tom Bazooka is in Long Island, and he's at a cigar place in Massapequa. And he says, hi, I'm Tom Lazuka from from uh, Asylum 13 Cigars, and I'd like to see. And they go, yes, we carry the full line here. It was introduced to us with the big ring gauge from a guy named Big Time Tommy. And from the 7x70s, we got the whole entire line. And John said, this may be somebody that you may want to do something with in the future. He loves your cigar, and he's you know been on TV before. So he gives Tom my telephone number. Tom, four days later, ends up, I guess he was traveling around going from cigar place to cigar place. He ends up over at Vince, over in Delray Beach at Smoke Inn. And he says, hi, I'm Tom Mazuka, Asylum 13. Uh, I was wondering if you carry our product here. And Vince goes, normally we don't, but we do order two boxes over the winter spring break because there's a guy that comes down from Long Island. And Tom Lazuka goes, would any chance, would by any chance, would that be a guy named Big Time Tommy? He goes, yeah, how'd you know that? He goes, I have his telephone number in my pocket from four days ago. So he heard my name twice within 1,300 miles of each other, two different stores. And Vince goes, he's one of my dearest friends. He's like a brother to me. I'll call him right now. So Vince calls me up and he's like, hey, I got somebody that wants to talk to you. And I'm like, no, no, who? Because I don't know who he's putting me on the phone with. And all of a sudden I hear, hey, Tommy, how are you? It's Tom, Tom Lazuka from Asylum 13. And my eyes just opened up. And I says, hey, how you doing? And he says, uh, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. He goes, I see that on TV and in all your, not, excuse me, not TV. I see that in all your videos and TV as of late that you take the label off the cigars. Can I ask you why? I said, because I've been waiting for this phone call that I got right now. He laughed hysterical. He said, great answer. What do you want to do? I said, I want my own cigar. He says, I think we can do that. He says, uh, here's my telephone number. Give me your information. I'll call you on Tuesday with a, a conference call with Christian. And that was a little bit over a year ago. And this has been a year in the making. And Thank you to Asylum 13. Thank you to Vince. Thank you to John. Thank you to uh, Christian. Uh, my dream came true. I have my own cigar out there. Awesome. Now, Go ahead, Alex. Just even before the big time, Tom, everybody, and like you said, you know, Asylum was pretty much your cigar. What what made you land on that? Is it that 7 by 70 size? I mean, it seems like obviously it fits you. I don't take you for much of a Lancero guy. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, there are other big ring gauge cigars out there. And again, I'm not one of those guys that give names because I don't want to uh, um, uh, bad name somebody. But I have tasted other 60s and 70s and 80s and did not like any of them. 
and I was over at um, shout out going over to Tobacco Superstore, which is the old mom's out in uh, Valley Stream. I happened to go there one day and they had a big ring gauge cigar event that day. And when I looked down at the table, I was like, wow, look at all these gigantic cigars. There were cigars called Jawbreaker, uh, Garzilla, all it. And I was like, I couldn't even imagine putting something like, like I felt like when people were telling me in the 60s, in the early 2000s, when I was having a 60 ring gauge, I can't believe the size of that thing in your mouth. And I'd be like, are you kidding me? And then all of a sudden I looked down at that table that that jump went from 60 to 70. And I really saw the difference. And then there were 80s on the table. I was like, look at the size of that. But being at that store, I was there. The event was there. I wanted to, you know, pay homage to the store. I was like, all right, well, what are the deals here? This, that, or the other. But we have a sample of all of them. Uh, I got a nice 10-pack that day with a bunch of different uh, 6x60s. Six by, uh, and all of a sudden, I smoked the cigars. And my favorite cigar was that Asylum 13. And I ended up, because nobody else at that time had Asylum 13, I drove from Bayshore, which is almost an hour drive to Valley Stream, to, got, to buy those Asylum 13s. Until something opened up closer to me, which was the Massapequa store where I was. And they ended up getting the Asylum 13s for me over there. And then I just knew that I you know, wanted my own cigar. And it was very cool what they did as far as when I picked the blend. Because with everything that was going on with the pandemic in Nicaragua and uh, them having to close down the factory two different times at 20 days a, a, a shot. And then they had a couple of big hurricanes over there that also cut down production. Uh, they couldn't get me over there. So I said, so what do we do? And they says, well, we're going to have five different cigars, five different blends made. And then we're going to have them shipped to you. And you're going to pick from the five that we sent you. So I was like, wow, this is cool. It's like a, a taste testing for the best cannoli cream. So <laughs> I, was, I, I was into it. So I made sure that I did not smoke two to three days before I started this little venture. I had my clipboard. I had my pen. I had uh, my phone ready to document everything. And I made sure that even that morning with the, the toothpaste uh, and, the, and the mouthwash, that it was many hours after that that I didn't have anything to to, to fuck up my tape. Uh, am I allowed to say? No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. Thanks. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> we're not we're not in the I, studio anymore. <laughs> I didn't want anything to fuck up my taste buds, so uh, I made sure that I had no taste in my mouth whatsoever. I had some water with me, and uh, I started, and I started from how it lit. I started from the burn the ash, the taste from the very first inch. And I documented it all the way down to the bottom of the label. And that was A. And because they labeled them package sure. of 5A, package of 5B, C, D, up to E. Those were my five different picks and five of each. And I literally started seeing a difference. I didn't think that I was able to really see a difference but i did see a difference and then i did process of elimination because i i, I left 
five of each one towards the very end. And then I knew which ones I had little asterisks next to that I was leaning towards. I did a process of elimination. And then I ended up with what I picked for my first. And I says, you know what? I'm going to have my second choice there too. So when it was time for me to talk to Tom and I told him what I picked, he was very, very happy with my pick because that was exactly their pick also. And it, oh, made, wow. them, it made them happy knowing that I wasn't just some guy, random guy that has the cigar with them and know nothing about it. And I literally picked what they picked. And then I says, guys, can I actually ask you, did you have a backup to that? And they said, yeah. And I says, uh, well, my backup was D. They said that was our second also. So it ended up to be that, uh, oh, and A, believe it or not, was uh, the first one. So it was A and then D. And uh, that's what I picked. So I was just, they were, they were so happy because they said that there's so many figures that have had their own, the, the ambassador of their cigar that really weren't cigar smokers, that were just the face of, whether it be uh, a movie, a series, or a sports person, and it really didn't uh, go well, uh, you know, or, or they didn't have longevity. And they says, we're really looking uh, forward to this because we know that knowing your knowledge of and the love of cigars and, you know, you picking exactly what we picked, you know, it was just, it was very cool to hear that. And it gave me a little bit of, you know, hope that, wow, this is really going to be. And then they hooked me up with Raul, which is their graphic designer. And between me and Raul, we, uh, I wanted to completely change the black label to the white label because of the fact that I wanted people to not make a mistake. And I love gold, so I've got gold through it. <laughs> I've got the pinstripes, obviously, for the Yankees because I'm a big Yankee fan. But I'm also a big New York fan, so the Mets have pinstripes also. And uh, I was able to have my name put on it with the crown. The crown stands for the, I'm the king of old school. I've got my catchphrases on there. I've got the Italian and American flag both on there. And I picked out the fonts and everything. And Raul was so easy to work with. Uh, thank you to Raul and uh, with Asylum 13. We did that. And after that, he sent me actually, he sent me the, the labels in a matte finish and a gloss finish. And what I did was I th threw it around a regular Asylum 13 just to see what it looked like. I, I showed it under the light. Then I actually brought it to a cigar shop and I laid it in there just to see how the lights of there. And I ended up picking the gloss over the flat mat because the gloss jumped. And then uh, me and Raul designed the box. My you signature. Probably, you probably That's spent a, more time. You probably spent more time working on the design and the band and the art than the cigar lasted in the market. <laughs> yes and then which is pretty wild because that thursday was the release to just delray beach and vince uh that next friday was the release to uh the nation country and i end up finding out that i sold out within six days yep no we're gonna have more with big time tommy and his cigar and some of the kma finalists for our uh, caption contest last week uh, right after this break. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease.
Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between AJ Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabaculera AJ Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Puro is a medium to full body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Just you. Who doesn't love a, uh, a shower sip of a good glass of wine? And our friends over at KMAWines.com, they have some great wines from Bonner Private Wines, like this Sunal from the winery that's up 8,950 feet in the air, one of the third largest vineyards in the entire world. You know, we work so hard. You gotta relax, you gotta enjoy the finer things in life. A great cigar, a really, really great wine to pair it with, and that's exactly what I'm doing here. So check out KMAWines.com. You get a discount because we know each other. We're buds. We're pals. You get a discount on shipping. You get a discount on products. KMAWines.com, and tell them that Paul and Abe sent you. Uh, I'm going to be late back to the show while I finish this and finish the shower. So see you at KMAWines.com. What a cop-out. <laughs> it's a classic now. What a cop out! Couldn't even make a new commercial. <laughs> I was very so, ill this week. Yeah. So, <laughs> Tommy, before did we lose Tommy, no, uh, no, he's there. I just took him off the screen because he was uh, adjusting. He's there. there. Um, I got to ask him a question. He can't hear us. He can't hear us. Hold on one second, Tommy. I'm going to remove him and add him again. Is that any better, Tommy? Now it's all choppy. Is my voice coming up choppy on your end? No. Not at all. Perfect. No, you sound perfect. Now we're good. Now we're good. Okay. Okay. So before I forget, I've been trying to, I wanted to get this in the first segment. One of our uh, avid KMA fans and huge smoking supporter who's listening in actually right now in quarantine uh, in Taiwan, uh, Tim Chi. Um, Tim. Tim has an ask KMA. He says, Tommy, what? What are your favorite smaller cigars? Do you smoke any cigars less than a sixty ring gauge or no? Um, I do have other uh, cigars that if I didn't, if there was no such thing as a seven by seventy for me, I like the San Cristobal Revelation. I like the uh, New York edition Monte Cristo. Of course, you do. <laughs> <laughs> And I love the 10th anniversary champagne by Perdomo. That's Those great three cigars Very popular would be the cigars if there was no such thing as this cigar or the one previous to this that I smoked. Those would be the three cigars. Hey, I've gone to uh, I've gone to stores that didn't carry Asylum, and I was forced to have to buy something else. Those would be my go-to cigars. Awesome. So, and I do like the Hoyo de Monterey Excalibur also. Classic. Classic. Those are some, that's that's old school cigars right there. That's an old school cigar. Old school for life. That's an old school. So, what's the future for the big time Tommy cigar? Is there another run? Will this be a regular production item? 
Um, is, is, do you know of any plans you could share with our fans on, on, on what they could expect? Yes. Uh, one thing that I'd like to clarify, a lot of people thought that this was only going to be uh, once and out. There's a difference between the terminologies of limited edition and special edition. Limited means limited run, small uh, run, a certain amount, and you know, in and out. This is a special edition, which it means uh, that uh, I'm just special. So with selling out of the first, <laughs> with selling out of the first time, uh, the first run, they reordered. And I don't know, Abe, if you heard, but we sold out again. Wow. Two times now. So uh, one thing that I did talk to Tom about the other day was, Tom, I'm getting pitches from people on my uh, DMs on Instagram and on Facebook that they're smoking these cigars in Indiana. They're smoking these cigars in Arizona. He says, oh, yes. He says, these things are literally like wildfire they are spreading out all over uh nationwide and i'm like wow that is so amazing and something that i asked tom lazuka the night of the actual event over at vince's place i said hey do you think that if we do good that maybe by fall i could have a smaller ring gauge to accommodate people that may not want a 70 in their mouth and he actually didn't even hesitate and he said absolutely so because of what's happened in the last, oh, my God, month and a half selling out twice, he doubled the order now. And uh, I guess you're the first person to hear this. And so all of our listeners that literally by June there's going to be six by 60. Wow. Yes. There you have it. Yes. And that six by 60 for the very first time will be in New Hampshire at this uh, cigar dinner that I'm hosting over two guys over in New Hampshire. And that cigar, they're going to be with, you know, uh, the dinner package that they have. You'll be getting one seven by 70 and you'll be getting one six by 60. And that will be the very first time that anybody will have a six by 60 in their hand is going to be that, uh, that day. And, oh my God, when is that? That's June. That's, uh, I'm making the video today so you guys will see the date and everything. But it's in New Hampshire, and I believe it's the, the 4th and the 5th. Don't quote me, but I think it's the 4th and the 5th, the Thursday and the Friday. And uh, it's in New Hampshire at two guys. So uh, it's going to be an old-school sit-down dinner, and it's going to be cigars, and it's going to be lots of fun. And it's going to be my very first dinner that I'm doing with Asylum 13 and with the Big Time Tommy Edition Cigar. Too bad you couldn't get Steve to cater that dinner. Oh, my God. Steve Moderano's food. Mwah. Literally, literally, my mouth waters when I look at the videos and the pictures on Instagram. And I've eaten there once and twice a week for the nine weeks that I was in Florida. It's literally the best. Time I, had, I, I, had a hard time, I had a hard time driving home that night. He just kept sending plates to the table. He just <laughs> you know, kept coming to the table. Just kept coming to the table. People ask me, man, Philly guy, oh, what's the best cheesesteak in South Florida? I tell them, Mutterano's. No the question. best. No question. Yes. Me, me no I was the only guy that ordered it. I, I had him cut it up in four pieces. I'm like, did anybody want? Dude, I think me and one other guy ate the whole thing. No it question. Was, I cannot go there. You guys had a, quite a few Philly uh, Philly celebs hanging out with you. 
It was a good uh, yeah, 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 Tony Luke, right? Tony Luke was there. Tony and uh, I don't yeah, even yeah, know his Rim, name, but the, Rim the, 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 the Rim Cafe guy, yeah, who's great. I mean, what a great little shop he has in Philly. Uh, he, he said he gave me a sticker. I got it up here. He, yeah, I, he did. I it the, other, the other day. And uh, Vic, Vic, who's coming on our show, I think, in a couple weeks. No, Vic's not a Philly guy. Oh, He's got Philly connections. Yeah, yeah he'd be best. coming on our show. The best. The best. But what's going to be really cool is, guys, I don't know if you guys can make it, but May 24th, which is a Monday night over – in South Philly, on 9th Street, their Little Italy, directly at in Cafe? front of Rim Cafe, and 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 Gino Steak uh, Cheesesteaks. Yeah. It's his birthday. Shutting down the streets, and Renee's really? 70th birthday is that day. And what they're doing is the Guinness Book of World Records is going to be there, and they're going to make a 500 foot cheesesteak right on the street. Really, and he's really? having different ethnic backgrounds making their version. Of cheesesteak. Oh, so that's cool. Be, yes. There'll be Asian people making their version of a cheesesteak, German people, um, really? just all different uh, Greek people, French people, all their different versions of what they think a cheesesteak is put on this 500 foot hero, or they call them, what do they call them down there? A hoagie? Hoagie roll, yeah. You just yeah. you but just five hundred dollars on it and it becomes Greek. Right. You know, it's funny. Tom, <laughs> that, that's that's my neighborhood. You know, Rim Cafe's on Ninth Street. I grew up on Twelfth Street. I mean, that is my oh, neighborhood. Okay. Those guys right there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, they're shutting down the streets. Five hundred uh, feet hero. Guinness Book of World yes. Records. News stations. Newspapers. Uh, um, singing for entertainment. Sal the Voice will be there. Um, singing. Uh, we have Willie DeMeo with uh, a lot of the cast members from Gravesend, which we were just down in Florida also shooting a couple of episodes for season two of Gravesend. So Willie DeMeo, his son, Christian DeMeo, and a lot, a lot of the cast members of Gravesend will be down there, plus a, a lot of other celebrities. No, it's going to be a good out. time. He was telling me about it that night, invited us up. It sounds like it's going to be an amazing, amazing event. Make sure you go it visit is, our boys at Twinshot. A lot of coverage, a lot of news coverage there. Awesome. So, guys. Very cool. Do you guys know about good fucking wine? <laughs> I, I love that. Tell this us. Is Tommy's, Tommy's wine. Now, that's your wine, right? It's, it, it's, I'm the ambassador of good fucking wine and it really really says this on the label and uh oh wow where, ma where's the other bottle of good fucking rosé that's the classic <laughs> that, 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 that right there was a classic kma moment oh you gotta clip that yes you gotta clip that. that's a classic kma I, moment right there i think she drank the whole thing of the, the rosé but there's good fucking <laughs> good fucking wine is good fucking rosé, and I, I got to tell you, uh, as a gimmick, yes, cool label. They really sell this in stores, but once people taste the wine, they're like, oh, my God, this really is good fucking wine. So uh, I signed on with them last May, and we've been kicking ass ever since. I mean, it's starting to get into uh, liquor stores everywhere. Uh, you could order it on good fucking wines with an S, goodfuckingwines.com. And when I tell you, this wine is, it's under a $20 bottle of wine. And it's good fucking wine. People that have drank it, love it. People you that don't have, have a promo code. Gifts, love it. 
you don't have to have a pro, you don't happen to have a promo code for our listeners they could use. There's no promo code, but I will tell you that once you go on that website, the bottles that are going to be, they'll know, they'll know it comes through me because you're able to, <clears throat> excuse me, hit a button for the autographed bottle. So uh-huh. there's going to be regular bottles like you see here, and then there's going to be bottles where uh, my signature, it'll say Big Time Tommy 2021, and it'll say either hashtag GFW or OS for life, which is my old school for life hashtag, but uh, you'll be able to order that right on good fucking wine nice. with ns.com. Nice. There you have it from Big Time Town. And if that wasn't enough, I got my own tequila too. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. I tried that tequila because you gave me a bottle. Um, yes, I did. Let me hear. Very smooth. I really, really liked it. And I'm, I'm a tequila. I've always been, I mean, kind of like tequila has been my straight drink of choice since my 20s. That was did a really good tequila. Did you chill it or did you drink it just out of the bottle? Uh, no, I drink what? mine chilled. I drink mine chilled. Okay. I, dr- I drank it chilled and I drank it straight. And it was now, very a of, A lot of people don't know that. And I learned this from when I sat down with these guys. Tequila is a drink, uh, is a sipping uh, liqueur, which when you go to bars in spring break, everybody's doing shots of tequila, but this is really a sipping liqueur. And this is actually the very first 90 proof uh, tequila on the market. And they gave me a whole education on the agave plant, on how we're in Mexico um in in um tequila mexico where these big fruits are underground that they're supposed to full uh fruitation to stay is seven years and a lot of other tequila companies are actually so they can mass produce their tequila are picking the fruit where they don't get the full uh growth and the full nutrients and flavor they're picking them within two and three years this is actually really picked every seven years to get the full gestation out of uh, the agave fruit. And it's just, it's unbelievable what they've done uh, with this. The first 90 proof. I don't know how you make tequila kosher, but this is, <laughs> it's kosher free and gluten free. No, that ain't kosher. Eh? That one ain't kosher. It yeah. gets blessed. It gets blessed by a rabbi. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kosher, kosher free gluten-free and 90 proof and uh it's just some great taste in tequila now abe one thing that i i know that i told you this but you probably forgot a lot of tequilas people are drinking with a a, a lemon a lemon uh, wedge with a little bit of salt their thing with this is orange i don't forget wedge i don't forget orange that's the way i did it i don't forget how how was it when you did it that I'm way? I'm telling you, I was surprised. It, it's it was refreshing and it was good. Cool. I was impressed. I was really impressed. Otherwise, I would just say thank you for the tequila. But no, I was actually <laughs> impressed. It was really really good. Very cool. Very. My cool. wife and I, my wife and I, sipped a couple of sniffers of it uh, literally the next night. Very good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Very 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 much so. I I'll have more for you guys when I see you guys in November over in Jupiter and Abacoa during the. Uh, uh, Italian feast. 
You're not coming back till November? I won't see you guys until November. I will be uh, this June. I'll be shooting my scenes for Gravesend because I was introduced in the very first uh, season. And they were shooting down for the full month of April in Florida. But uh, I wasn't part of the Philly crew. I wasn't part of the Florida crew. And I wasn't in uh, part of the Brooklyn crew. I'm the Bronx crew. So my next scene actually uh, is uh, with Willie over at L&B Spumoni Gardens in Brooklyn. So I'm looking forward to starting a shoot season two for that. And I'll be traveling around with the cigar. And I'm also the president of the Italian American Cadillac Club. So I've got a full schedule for this summer and, and uh, you know, spring, summer and fall. And then I'll be there in November. And uh, I'll be back to you guys next February. You guys have me February, March, and April of next year. Good. So you'll be at the Great Smoke, hopefully, uh, next year with your asylum with your asylum cigars. Uh, so, that would be insane. Well, oh, what, uh, it's you have that? Every February. It's actually okay, February great. 26th. Yeah, February 26th. Got it down somewhere. It's tattooed in my head now. <laughs> so... <laughs> so you're down here. Tell us about Gravesend because I reached out to William actually because I want to get him on and maybe some of the guys talk about the show. You guys are doing the second season now of the show. This and is the second season. Uh, what happened was that uh, William, uh, Willie, I call him Willie, but he goes by William DeMeo on, on social media. Uh, Willie uh, funded the very first season of Gravesend with him and uh, very minimal investors and you got an incredible incredible first season now that it trended on amazon prime the money for the second season was more so where there are scenes and 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 background and traveling for destination that we didn't have in season one and wow you guys are going to be blown away uh season one it was only four episodes. It was it was short. It was a little short four series, uh, mini series. But it ended up to, I, I you know I don't want to say thank God for the pandemic because not thank God for the pandemic, but thank God people were watching TV more to 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 go around the channels and to see what was on and you know. Uh oh. Oh, we may have we may have lost Tommy briefly. We lost you for a second, Tommy. Yeah, because a phone call came in. I just oh, I, there you go. So, uh, Don't they know I, you're on the air? They should know I'm on the air. <laughs> so, so when's, uh, we, when, when's season two supposed to hit? Do you know? Yes, it's going. He's looking. He would really like it to hit somewhere at the mid to end of December. But in all likelihoods, it's probably going to be probably February, right around there. Got to remember, <clears throat> shooting is hard enough. Editing and, and placement of music. And Long work. Be, be, yes, it is. And being that I, well, you guys know, you guys have that production studio where you, you do things and you know how it is. But uh, me becoming very good friends with Willie DeMeo, which I got to say, he's a great guy, stand-up loyal friend. Uh, we've become very close in the last six years. Uh, I'm able to be on set, even though it's not me filming, but able to watch the making of something. And it is so amazing how that you could have just one scene and you think it's over, but yet it takes two hours because of 
the camera angle, there's three different cameras. The camera's got to be on this guy. Then it goes to that guy. Then it goes to that guy. Then it goes to the background. Then it goes to everybody sitting there. And it's just so wild how they make that. And then after knowing that you watch that scene, seeing how it actually is edited and put together when you're watching it on TV, it's just amazing. Amazing. The editing editing and the final productions where a lot of magic happens. Yes, it really is. It's all in the editing. I mean, also in the acting, but the editing really, really, and the the, the background music and stuff. But what a cast of characters that we have for coming up with season two. I mean... Andrew's Ice Clay, Vic DiBettetto, uh, DiBettetto, excuse me. We've got Leo Rossi. Uh, <laughs> we got Vince from Smoke Kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's Abe, hey, he's Willie DeMeo's cousin. I know. I know he's told, he's talking about Willie for years. And Vin, Vince just got somebody reached out to him about some other part. Vince maybe go be going to Hollywood soon. Imagine that. Imagine. Do you, uh, how about this? I and told him I'd buy my shops back when he does. I, I'm sorry that we're all over the place because uh, as we're talking, things are coming up. Do you know? Oh, when Armand Santi, I'm so sorry, Armand, that I forgot to say your name, but Armand Santi, what a gentleman and one of the nicest guys that I've met. He's also, and William Forsythe, but, uh, uh, and what a great actor he is. I was in Laugh Killer Laugh with him and he killed me. But uh, uh, Armand <laughs> Santi came to smoke in. Over, yeah, over at Vince's place, <clears throat> and because of all of us putting things on social media, some production company ended up calling Vince saying, "Hey, this is so and so productions. I'd like to talk to you about what goes on at your cigar place. We see that a lot of celebrities end up at your place, and we'd like to know how and why they know about you, why they gravitate to your store, and why is your store the place for." all these celebrities to be at. And uh, Vinny says, okay, uh, give me your number. I'll call you back. (laughs) He tells me the story. I'm like, cuz, what'd you do? He's like, I haven't called him back yet. I'm like, what are you waiting for? I'm like, this is a story and a half because you do have a lot of, you know, great names of people that come into your store and, 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 and hang out. And then he had a reggae band there. Literally. I want to say the reggae band was there about a month ago. And one of the celebrities that go around with this reggae band is Peter Dante from all the Adam Sandler movies. And he became really good friends with me and Vince and started coming there to hang out. Um, you know Peter Dante from Adam Sandler? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so now he's one of the, the, the cast of characters that are frequenting, coming and hanging out at that Smoke Inn. So Vince has got a... Uh, a big thing on his plate now with he, he wants to be an actor. He's talking to Leo Rossi about going to acting school and stuff like that. I'm like, bro, stick to your cigars. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, in fairness to Vince, it's something that he always, always wanted to do. So good, good for him. He really did. Yes. Yes, he told me that. Yeah, if I remember right, I think uh, Vinny shot a little scene and graves and he was on like episode five and and i guess the funding round or whatnot he never made it in the first season episode five and uh, correct so, so good for him hopefully he you know Absolutely. he gets on and you know i know it's been a, a big thing for him forever so, so that's stuff. what's going on good stuff well unless you got any other products you want to <laughs> um well, we're gonna, 
I can I show you the underwear that I'm wearing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come on, guys, I don't wear underwear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring on our man Coop and see what's going on with the scoop with Coop. Paul, not ready. We don't have Coop yet. Paul. Let's do as the record spins. You don't have Coop, we don't have Coop yet? yet. Really? No. He just well, shamelessly plugged. He, he plug something. He's got time to plug something, but he's not on. Big time, Tommy. He's not on. <laughs> there right. you go. Uh, all right. So, are, are we going with this question? Or did you come up with another one? Wait, Paul? he's here now. He's here now. He's well, here now. Too late now. We're doing as the record spins now. Here we yeah, go. Go ahead. Go with that question. Well, okay. All right, big time Tommy. This segment is brought to you by Avo. It's as the record spins. Our good friend over at Avo Cigars, Eddie Guerra, has a question specifically for you. Oh, boy. Eddie's question is, if you had an autobiography, what would the title of your autobiography be? Wow. You can take a second. No reason to rush into it. But, uh, yeah, Eddie poses questions to all our guests every week. We call the segment as the record spins. It's uh, sponsored by Avo Cigars, and their question to you, Tommy, is that if you had an autobiography, what would the name of your autobiography be? If you could dream it, you could achieve it. And there you go. If you could dream it, you can achieve it by big time. There you go. Please, I think I think I just lost a bet to Alex that it would be old school. Right. <laughs> it's, it's old school for life. Get it right. Life. I am very Sorry. old school. Everything that I do somehow all relates back to the the eighties, uh, the best days of my life, and I still have those beliefs and the things that I do. And uh, as a matter of fact, yesterday I pulled up in front of a pizzeria, and I was waiting for the pizza to come out. Uh, somebody went in to get it, and somebody walked over to my car, and they says. Hey, I don't have a mask to go into the store. Do you know where I can get one here? And I says, yeah, there's probably a five and dime somewhere over here in the strip plaza. Um, and they said a five and what? I said a five and dime. And somebody else said they haven't used that freaking saying since the 80s. Since Woolworths. <laughs> Woolworths. What? Since Woolworths. Wool- Woolworths. <laughs> Woolworths was the last five and dime I ever he heard. Can- Speaking of the 80s, Tommy, was this you in the 80s? Yes, it was. Holy cow. Hold it. No, that, that guy. I know that picture was taken. That picture was taken in 1997 in my Aunt Marie's backyard. So I was muscular <laughs> and huge all the way up until 2000. And I got ran over by a Toyota Camry on oh. Sample Road oh, in, Pe- in Pepper Tree Plaza. Yeah. And it put me out of, it put me out of commission for 17 months. And I was 205 pounds with a 33-inch waist and, and fucking diesel. Diesel. And uh, all of a sudden, 17 months of not working out, I started my other, instead of lifting, my other hobby started eating. And uh, and from eating to getting lazy, and then all of a sudden with 
with with TV and everything, and I just started ballooning up, and this is the end result. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that was me in 2007 in my Aunt Marie and Uncle John's backyard. Wow. Well, you muted, Paul. Paul's muted. Probably best way we should do the rest of the show with Paul muted. We I do. Mean, we do know. have Coop. All <laughs> right. Let's coop. bring let's bring our man on and see what the scoop with Coop is this week. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. What, what were you doing, Coop? Were you busy making a pizza? He was busy making oh, uh, shameless no. plugs. Well, wait. Well, where was he uh, as the record turns? I mean, I, I was there. I just had to click in. Um. I, t- I will give you. I, I will update my my review from last night. All right, because what happened was um, I, I had eaten the slice, David Portnoy style, hot right out of the oven, grew on it, and I wasn't too enamored with it. I had a second slice, and then I just kind of left it there. And I went outside on the veranda to have a cigar. And sure enough, about fifteen minutes later, my son comes up to me with two slices of pizza. Says, "Do you want a slice of pizza, Dad?" Which means, "Can I have a slice of pizza, Dad?" Right, right. My right. my wife warned the children, "I'm baking this pizza for your dad. Nobody can touch it because he has to eat it to talk about it. Because when you have, four <laughs> kids, well, you laugh. You got two boys. When you have, it'll four be gone. Kids, and yeah, exactly. exactly. oh, yeah. Statements, things. It's survival of the fittest. Nothing Absolutely. lasts. So these kids were all petrified to touch the pizza, and um, it tasted. Way, way, way better after it had time to chill and congeal a little bit. And the crust actually stiffened up a little bit, not coming out of the oven hot. And um, I, I'm still a home run-in guy, but I had written it off completely out of the, right out of the oven taste. But after it kind of cooled off and kind of, I guess, melded a little bit more together, it was a much more enjoyable slice. Oh, that's good. That's good. I knew you'd give it a fair shot. Um, and I wasn't actually the home run. The, the crust wasn't bad, and I think that was kind of the – it was – it had a denser crust than maybe I prefer. Yeah, it's not a normal crust. So that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Either you're going to be that person that loves that crust or you don't. And that's really right. what it comes down to with home running pizza. Right. And then everybody's winning out on social media. How can you eat frozen pizza? That, oh, was, the, that, was, the, right. that was the segment. No and one's eating co- frozen pizza by choice. <laughs> I'm getting comparison. It's a different food go- group. We discussed it. Yeah, and they're like people. You got to go to Gino's East. You got to go to New York. We, we weren't trying to compare that to, to those types. Yeah. There's no comparison like that. We were just trying to compare two frozen pizzas, and uh, and then people are starting to infight about the different regional pizzas. I'm like, oh boy. I, I just want to take a minute and address a comment, Kevin Kamishparo, friend of ours, friend of the show, friend you of Smoke In. He posted. He was a friend. He was a For some reason, posted put. Put Boston in with New York and New Jersey pizza as it, and I was like, Boston? I've I've never even heard of somebody. That's what I said. Well, Boston, well, like Boston pizza. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch. I've a never heard stretch. the word Boston and pizza come out together anywhere. Right. Ever, by right. Any, never. Uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Different New Haven, story. Connecticut. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But Connecticut has great pizza. Yeah. Uh, beats. Uh, beats. All uh, right. Yep. All right. Coop, what's the scoop this week? All right, so the big news is come out of the state past week, and um, the announcement of the Uncrowned Ten Cigar came out. So, uh, you know, they about a month ago, Drew State started selling these kits, 
called the Freestyle Live Kit, named after their show that they do quarterly. Um, and in the kit was something called a mystery cigar. And there was a lot of you know, talk on what that mystery cigar was. Um, and it turned out it is a new addition to the Underground line called the Underground 10. And that's actually going to be coming out like this month. You'll start seeing that roll out. So if, you know, if you're looking forward to that, um, you'll see that soon. There's a couple of special editions as well. There is a... Um, there is an event-only cigar that's coming out um, that you'll see with Pedro Gomez uh, events. That's in the form of a Bellicoso. And then there's a Lonsdale size. It's going to be called the Underground 10 Factory Floor Edition. And that's going to be packaged with um, the tobaccos that make up the Underground uh, 10. So if you actually want to sample the uh, tobaccos that go into there kind of in a Perito format, you, you can go ahead and do that. So uh, if you're a Drew State fan, you have a lot to look forward to over the next few weeks. Yeah, very interesting. Kind of sounds a little bit like uh, what Smoke In kind of does every month with their kind of sore club. Maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Listen, listen to a bunch of unbanded cigars to people and see what they think. Maybe. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people were wondering about the, the big question with the wrapper on that thing. Everyone was trying to guess the wrapper. Um, I actually did guess it. It's a San Andreas wrapper. I did guess it, but it wasn't from seeing it. I'll be honest with you. I had a feeling the way they were announcing the product announcements, I knew Underground 10 was coming. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to put a another rapper besides San Andreas on the Underground 10. So that was kind of like my logic on that. All right. What else you got going on, Coop? Uh, the other big news out of Drew Estate um, is they are doing a refresh of the Nika Rustica brand. So there's all new packaging coming out for that. Uh, the blend is going to remain the same, but, you know, Drew State introduced Nika Rustica about six years ago. It's kind of been one of the forgotten brands. It's kind of got overshadowed by everything else. Um, and it's more um, the value price cigars in that, like, 6 to $8 range. Um, so they've kind of they've kind of uh, refreshed the packaging. They got rid of those paper bundles, which I, I personally hated, um, and put them into some nice boxes. Um, and, uh, you know, again, the pricing, the price points of those are going to be very reasonable, starting at 570 actually from $5, excuse me, to 6 a cigar. So I even had the pricing a little off there. So um, you'll be able to see that, and those should start hitting the stores in July. All right. Is it means you're coming in a little choppy, Paul? A little bit. He's a little, a little choppy. Just, just the end of his was a little choppy. I, I heard him. I heard everything he said except for the price, yeah, 640 uh, five, yeah, it's going to range from five seventy six to to go on to seven dollars. Okay. Uh, and what else you got, Coop? Um, the other news that you'll see uh, coming out this week is well, we won't talk about that. Oh, uh, we won't talk about that. No, there was a, I mean, you don't want to talk about a bunch of stuff in Cuba. So, I mean, it was a, this was a big week if you're a Cuban cigar fan. All the new Cuban cigars came out. Um, so that those those kind of announced at a virtual festival in Habanos. So I'll just mention that as a footnote. If you you can go read that stuff on Coop if you're that interested in that. Um, JRE Tobacco, uh, Christian Rowe's brother Husto and his father's company, um, they are, have announced two new sizes to the Aladino Vintage Reserve line, which is their Habano-based offering, and that's going to be in the form of a six by fifty Toro. And if uh, people are really excited, there's going to be a seven by thirty-eight Lancero coming out in that size. So so those nice. are. Yeah, those will start rolling out. Uh, officially, they'll launch at the trade show at PCA in July, but there's going to be a soft launch to some retailers beforehand. Anything else you got going on? Yep. Got oh, one sorry. Last, Wait, 
I was just saying, one of their cigars, one of the Aladinos was in your top five last year, right, Coop? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. As well as, uh, you know, the Asylum, I, don't, I, I know you're talking to Tommy, the Asylum 7, the Asylum 13 7 anniversary cigar, one yeah. of the best 70 ring gauges that's come out. Uh, Asylum knows what they're doing with these with those big ring gauges. What else uh, you got, Coop? Coop? One more story. Um, this is a, a uh, going to be more significant. Rocky Patel. Uh, celebrated his 60th birthday, so he's got to have a 60th uh, 60th birthday cigar. Um, that's going to debut at the PCA trade show. From what I'm hearing, it's sounding like this is going to be an exclusive cigar for those who attend the show, at least to start out with. Uh, if you're interested in the blend, it's a Mexican San Andreas over Nicaraguan binder and filler in three box, excuse me, four box press sizes, half Corona, Robusto, Toro, and six by sixty. The goat and I got to try that. Cigar. Yes, we did. At Rocket Birthday, it was actually a very enjoyable cigar. I'm not sure what the price point is going to be on it, but it was enjoyable. Definitely the most extravagant birthday party I've ever been to. Yes, in the most extravagant house I've ever been. In the most extravagant, I would would believe that. Uh, Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, over the top. And yeah, I mean, I I like that. I like the fiftieth. So this is going to be getting here. Is there any any any, uh, notes on what that price point on that cigar is going to be? Um, Usually his birthday cigars are pretty pricey. Yeah, I don't have it here on me. Yeah. Okay. I'm, 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 and, and and this week, this week they started taking, they started opening up registration for the PCA. Yeah, they actually did it last. Actually, last week it started. Well, the last week, that. okay. But yeah, yeah, just last week they opened up the registration for the PCA. Yeah, it's coming. Say, oh, and this is this not going to be a participation trophy. This is a, this is a legitimate bet, and uh, a well-deserved win. I'm waiting for Master Sensei. Master Sensei, he'll be signing a bill. It, it's too actually, early for him. Actually, wait a second. Wait a second. I, you know, I keep posters to remind me of who loses bets to me. I owe you a bill. Who? I owe you a bill. You owe me a bill. I forgot about this guy. I need to post it. Oh, oh yeah, Moore owes you money. That's right. I saw that he lost a bet with you, Alex. Alex, you lost a sucker bet. I just it was a quick on the whim. It was. I mean, like literally, I told him, "Don't do it." I just called the guy. Don't bet me. I don't know. I'll take that bet. I'm like, all right. Yeah, it was a quick one. It was. It was. You know, impulsive. <laughs> just impulsive. It was an impulsive bet. So tell me if you don't know what they're talking about. I like doing this things. I started with one of my mentors about. I don't know. I have to say probably about 15 years ago. One of my mentors, South Montana, we, we would always bet, and we'd always do this thing. You want to bet? You want to bet? We never, we never exchanged anything. So like, you never really won anything. You were just betting. So I finally made Sal start signing the. Like we would bet a dollar or five dollars, and he would sign the bill saying, "You were right, Abe. I was wrong." And then we'd sign it and date it. And this just started happening often enough that I started doing it with other people. And then just over the years, I just started collecting all these bills. Of people who bet me and they have to sign the bill. I was right. You were oh, wrong. Wow. Yeah. So I have a whole stack of them. Oh my god. These bills that there's uh, one of mine in there. There's seven of mine, about to be eight. So yeah, I, I contribute <laughs> to the stack. But yeah, there's some there's some pretty there's some interesting people That's in awesome. here. A lot, a lot of repeats. One of these days, one of these days, I'm gonna frame it. But yeah, I got I got three on the boards. That's I got a nice stack. Well, that's a nice my wife, stack. Keep, my wife keeps saying, "You're not going to spend that money." I'm like, "No, I can't spend it." 
They're all signed by people that I was right and they were wrong. I'm useless to that. He's gonna he's gonna billboard a wall with all the bills individually, so he can sit back in his later years and just look at all the people that he proved wrong. Blacker it down. So now I got three. I got Thor, Alex, and Master Sensei on my uh, on my deck list of who who owe me a signed bill. It took me a year to collect uh, John Carney's, but I got his last week. Got it. All right. What he, he was being a he was being so a reckless you're right What's a lot, coming up? Your friends are wrong a lot. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know what? They just persist to keep doing it. Alex, Alex's motto is it's a numbers game. Sooner or later, I'll hit. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I just fire back. Yeah, sure. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, you know. The 42 to 1 odds hit eventually. Coop, what can we expect on cigar-coop.com this week? You got a big uh, guest coming on this week, actually. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, we actually uh, we have Armand DeSante coming on our show on Thursday night. So prime time you'll see, and and actually we also are doing a Tuesday night show. And Nick Perdomo is going to be on, so it's a pretty big week for us. Is the Armand Desante show going to be live? Yes. Awesome. It will be on the yep. Star Coop Facebook page. Yep. We had the pleasure of having him in studio a few years ago. It was a great, great interview and cigar advocate to boot. Yeah, uh, I actually got to know him yes. over the last couple of months, and uh, I think uh, Tommy was saying he is a very down to earth guy, very easy guy to talk to. Um, so there was a written piece I did uh, a few weeks ago, and now uh, you know he he he's actually embraced the new media piece, and uh, he's agreed to come on the show. He's he's working with those virtual cons folks that uh, Federico Castelluccio is working with. So yeah, he's yeah. When we had Federico on, he mentioned. Yeah. So Armand's really embracing a lot of the technology stuff that they're doing there, and I think that helped obviously to be able to get him as a guest for our podcast, which was good. Yeah. Um, all it's right. Well, thank you. Well, if you were looking for that sound, it wasn't me. No, I know where it is. I, I was just uh, the beeping. I turned. I muted you too. It might be Tommy, but we have to go to our next segment because we have both Coop and Alex here. So it is time for KMA's tale of the tape. All right, greatest boxers of all time. Coming in at number two, my personal favorite boxer of all time, Homicide Hank Armstrong. Henry Armstrong is the greatest boxer that you never heard of. Um, just to put it into perspective, he simultaneously held uh, three belts in three different weight classes back when there were only eight weight classes. This is, you know, he basically had half of the weight classes locked up in his possession. My favorite stat from Henry Armstrong is this. In 1939, he successfully defended his title five times in the month of October. Listen to this, October 9th, October 13th, October 20th, October 24th, and October 30th, successfully fought and defended his titles. Go! Yeah, I mean, you, you said a lot. I, I, Henry Armstrong's my number two as well. And uh, one of my favorites as well. You know what's interesting is when he won those three titles, he first was the featherweight champion. Then he actually won the welterweight title second before going on to lightweight to win third. Right, and the jumping other around. Stat, yeah, and here's the other stat. This guy fought 17 world champions in his career and beat 15 world champions. And this ain't like the paper champions you have today. These were legitimate right. world champions. You mentioned eight world cl- uh, weight, eight weight classes. This guy is absolutely, you know, number two worthy for sure. 
You're muted, Abe. So you guys actually had your number three and your number two picks identical. Yep. I told you. I said it. And and listen, number one's a lock. Yeah, I, don't I think even we're going to even have to. Listen, I don't even have to text Coop and ask him who his number one is next week. The yeah. number one's a lock. The pound for pound yeah. list was made we, for this guy. No, we can't tease it. Uh, I was going to ask. All right. Well, we'll find out. Tune in next week to see who is number one on their all-time boxing. Are you, are you a boxing guy, Tommy? we got to get Tommy back well, in. He's there. He's looking at his uh, – he was looking at his rosé. Tommy, are you a boxing guy? Wait, he's muted. I'm right here. Hello. There you are. Are you a boxing guy? Hello. We see you. You're on. I love we got boxing. you. What do you think of their list? Pull up, pull up that list one more time for me. I do. Yep. This is their greatest boxers of all times, Coop and Alex's. So far, they're at number two. Next week, we're going to announce number one. What do you think, Tom? He's looking. I mean, I, I see a lot of names on there that are boxes. And why is Mike Tyson's name not on this list? Want to address well, that? I can address question. that. I, I, can, I can address, address it, too. That. I have this. Hello? Go ahead, Alex. I'll address that. Um, Mike Tyson's career was too short-lived. Um, you know, he only really had about five years of greatness. And it was all downhill from there. He, he, you know, when looking at the guys on this list, he just didn't stand the the test of, of time. And for as as dominant as he was, it, wow. it's just it's hard to uh, put him on this list with you know some of these guys. Interesting. No, Mike Tyson. I, th- I thought that was the number one. He never came from behind. That was my no issue Mike with him. Tyson. He never came from behind. Well, yeah, you, you the name that you mentioned is another people out with contender. Five seconds until he wasn't. Until he wasn't. Yeah, Rocky I mean, Marciano. You know, not enough fights. Forty nine and zero doesn't do it for me. At a time when guys were fighting a hundred plus fights, that was my and issue he, too. And, and he ducked. Uh, he ducked uh, Floyd Patterson. If you ask me. All right. All right. Well. Guys, tail okay. the tape next week to see who the number one is, which uh, they both believe they have the same one, and they both don't know you don't know yet. Um, I want to address uh, Mark uh, Van Sedright, who actually had a good suggestion, and I and I agree. So I'm going to post a contest in the next two or three weeks because um, I'm be traveling and I want to collect some of these bills that I got coming to me. But in probably in the next month or so, maybe after the PCA even. But I am going to post a contest. So to see who can guess how Number many one. dollars are in here, oh. right? How, how many bills themselves or the dollar amount? The total dollar value. So you get give it oh, a little, wow. give it a little fan. Well, I'll post a picture. I mean, it's not the yeah. official contest, but it goes like from fifties to twenty. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Yeah, it goes from fifties to twenties to tens to fives, a lot of fives, the ones. So we're gonna do a contest. It'll be on the Smoke In Social page, which we do a lot of fun stuff. We do a lot of contests. We just had a photo contest. We had a beef jerky contest. So if you're watching the show and you don't belong to our Facebook page, go join it. It's Smoking Social on Facebook. I'm telling you, it's a community. It's a lot of fun. Probably one of the best groups out there on Facebook. And, yeah, I might be a little biased on that. We and still uh, we still got to get to contest. our KMA contest. What are we giving away? Oh, yes. We, I, I'm, we're giving away a mega smoke-in KMA swag pack to the winner. 
So we had a caption contest. Do we have a picture of the dress so Tommy can see it? Yes. There's, yes, there's no better. Do. There's no. Look at this. This is our producer Paul in a dress. We caught this. He he got thrown under the bus, Tommy. He was at a wedding in New York, and we got a hold of this footage. And we made a <laughs> He willingly put on the dress. Let's be let's and, and danced in it. The, and danced in it. Like and danced in it. Yeah, yeah. He willingly put <laughs> this on though. He thought he thought we wouldn't. He thought we wouldn't know. We 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 found out. We put this up as a caption contest. <laughs> let's put this. Let's put the top ten captions that are that have made the finalist as winners for this contest. You know what? All wait right, a minute. Here we you, go. Know, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Oh what? boy. Paul Paul has already removed the video clip from from StreamYard, so I, I was going to pull it up real quick, but it's gone. The, the I, video clip. I removed is gone. it. I removed <laughs> it last week from the show. What? No, from you know from the app from because I'm signed in as an admin as well. So, oh. but the video clip oh, is gone. Oh, yeah, he yeah. That's funny. All right, let's let's All see right, some so, of the best quotes. Let's so go. here's the picture. Here's some of the best posts. Mitchell Santago, welcome to another bachelorette party. Who's down for jello shooters and Disney movies? Oh, it's totally Paul. D, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. <laughs> Mike Holmes, shirtless Mike. Look, it's Melanie Crisco. That's Very funny. hilarious. My, my, I almost died when I read that. Chris Daniels, the carpet matches the drapes. Wow. Andrew, when the when the restrictions are lifted and your sister finally leaves the house, <laughs> Patrick Garcia, Lady M post op, ouch, oh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> Cliff said that third bottle of wine might have been too many. Tim Chi, our buddy, I'm coming out. I want the world to know. Gotta let it show. <laughs> Morgan said we are pleased to introduce Manscaped's newest brand ambassador. Oh, so not Manscaped. Right. And finally, Matthew Curtis Turner. You knew he was a cat person, but did you know he was a cat lady? That's great. There it is. All um, right, Alex, you're going to take control and use the randomizer for yes. all 10 of those entries? Yes. So we are going to use Let's the see randomizer who, and get ourselves a winner of an awesome KMA swag pack, which will include a lot of SI stuff. You get a whole kit. I'm releasing all, I'm releasing all control. Here we go. All right. So you see my screen? Are we good to go? We're good to go. Yep, we're good to go. We All see right. everybody on there. Let's click her up. Let's let her run. Everybody's name on there. Oh boy. Cliff Lingo. Congratulations, Cliff. Which was Cliff quote? Quote up, Paul. I'll put Cliff's quote up. Hold on. It's hard to uh, it's hard to see them when they're in here. Read it. No. I gotta oh. find it. It's so hard to see him. There it is. There producer, we can follow him. There you go. Congratulations, Cliff. You have won yourself a KMA smoking swag pack. We'll get that out to you probably next week, my friend. And now, before we leave, in the tradition of every closing of KMA Talk Radio, it's time to see this week who belongs in a cigar insane asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. All right, everybody. This week's inductee decided to take matters in his own hands. 
New Zealander, Jeff Upson, or Jeff, could be Jeff, Upson, a handyman and a newfound road safety advocate had spent some, had spent quite some bucks on purchasing spray paint to point out dangerous potholes in his neighborhood. It annually costs him $400 in spray paint, but he says it's worth it. Upson has been very concerned with Auckland's transport failure to renovate and repair risky potholes that he's reported. So he's found one attention-grabbing way to get immediate responses on the issue. He paints penises on them. That's right. After being agitated by the Transportation Commission's lack of response to dangerous potholes in the neighborhood, he figured he'd do something that would force them to at least acknowledge the potholes. When reported to the police and questioned, Upson probably stated that he was the one spray painting all the fallacies all over the world, uh, all over the roads. However, now the police are saying the cost of removing the spray paint will be on him. No word if any of the potholes have been repaired. I don't know if this is Cigar and Sano Sano, but this guy's my hero. Right, right. Good for him. <laughs> Why would you pick this this week? I just thought it was a really interesting story. This isn't a lunatic. This guy's got balls. I like it. Right. He's got balls. He's getting the job done. He's getting, getting the job done. This ain't a cigar in St. Asylum, Paul. Terrible choice. <laughs> I should have. Do you want to see it. a picture? Do you want to see a picture of one of his? Yeah, uh, yeah pull it up. Oh, nice. <laughs> Pretty simple. Apparently, they are everywhere because the roads him. there are, are in super disarray. Good on him. Good on him. Seven by 70. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a great way to end the show it really was uh, great show appreciate it hey, big time Tommy thank you so much for coming out always a pleasure having you on we wish you all the success thank in your you. current endeavors thank you yes and look forward to seeing you again in November we'll definitely be by the feast we'll have a cigar as always, Coop. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We appreciate Thank it. You. I don't have a guest you, listed next week. I know we don't because I was waiting for the confirmation. I did get it. We're going to have Mr. Al McAuliffe of McAuliffe Cigars. Oh, interesting. Good. Awesome. So Al, I, Al doesn't do a lot of interviews, but I've seen him on a couple, and he's he's a really good guest. So I'm excited to, to actually speak with, with Al himself. Great. I'm McAuliffe from McAuliffe Cigars next week. Everybody, thank you for spending this Saturday morning with us. We hope we entertained, educated, and made you laugh a little bit during these two hours. And we'll see you all next week. Until then, keep it lit.